On this episode of the Dr. Matters Podcast, we are going to discuss something that is very controversial today, and it's something that I didn't really want to talk about, but I figured since uh, everybody is continuing to talk about it, that we would spend some time thinking through it, watching the ad, and what I'm talking about is the He Gets Us ad that aired in the Super Bowl of 2024. We're going to look at the ad, we're going to go back and break it down, we're going to talk about it, if it's biblical or if it's not. And then we are going to show a different ad that should have, some say, been placed online or during the Super Bowl commercials rather than the He Gets Us ad. Stay tuned. We'll talk all about it here on the Doctrine Matters podcast that starts right now. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Sally Deo Gloria. Well, welcome to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we are going to be talking about a controversial ad that has made its way across the Super Bowl commercials this past Super Bowl in 2024. Now, if you have seen these ads, they say he gets us. And what they're talking about, they're talking about Jesus, Jesus getting us. And there's been a lot of a lot of controversy surrounding the ads because they are less than biblical many claims. So uh, some others say that it is great that the name of Jesus is going forth, but many others say that it is not the biblical Jesus. Uh, so I want to just kind of dive into this He Gets Us campaign and and just explore some of their their websites, um, some of their some of their things on their website and and what that what they stand for, what it looks like, and uh, see if we can really narrow this thing down to see if this is going to be something biblical or not. So first of all, if you're watching, I'm going to share with you the website from He Gets Us. This is HeGetsUs.com. And just this really quickly, it says, How did the story of a man who taught and practiced unconditional love become associated with hatred and oppression for so many people? This is talking about Jesus, of course, a story of a man who taught and practiced unconditional love become associated with hatred and oppression for so many people. And then they they this is the paragraph underneath that heading. It says, how did the story of a man who taught and practiced unconditional love, peace, and kindness, who spent his life defending the poor and the marginalized, a man who even forgave his killers while they executed him unjustly, whose life inspired a radical movement that is still impacting the world thousands of years later? How did this man's story become associated with hatred and oppression for so many people? And how might we all rediscover the promise of the love his story represents? Those are the questions at the heart of He Gets Us. So there is a very key statement here. It says, how might we all rediscover the promise of the love his story represents? So when you see this ad that I'm going to play here in just a few minutes, you'll see that this love that they're talking about, this Jesus that they're talking about, is a Jesus full of love, 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 and not one that is full of wrath, not one that has to punish sin, not one that says repent and believe the gospel, because that would have been a very good ad to put out on the Super Bowl when millions of people are watching. It would have been great to do a 30-second ad of the gospel. 
instead they put this social Jesus on their screens. And even in their wording on their website, we see that it is a promise of the love his story represents. Now, Jesus is love. God is love. He, we love because he first loved us. That is true. But there is so much more to the biblical Jesus than just love, love, love. And uh, we're going to look at the, some more of this stuff. I want to read you this now. This is from their article as well. It says, how did the story of Jesus, the world's greatest love story, get twisted into a tool to judge, harm, and divide? So here, this is, if you were listening, if you watched to watch the episodes I did about examining progressive Christianity, this is a lot of the same language and a lot of the type things that they would also say. So this is, to me, right out of the gate, a very progressive view of Christianity, because progressive Christianity would say that that Christians, biblical Christians, use the God of the Bible to judge others and 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 make it uh, uh, cause harm to people and to people groups and dividing people and making people hate one another as a result. So this has very, um, very progressive Christianity overtones to me already. But I'm going to read further. How do we remind people that the story of Jesus belongs to everyone? Here's another question. Let's break this down. Does the story of Jesus belong to everyone? What about all of the Egyptians who were swallowed up in the Red Sea. What about all of those people who were passed over before that? And the firstborn in every household died, and even cattle. What do we think about when we see unbelievers die? This is almost not only progressive Christianity, but it's moving into universalism, where everyone will die and go to heaven, that all religions lead to one place, and that's simply not true. So we have to be very careful with what we let into our homes, what we believe, what we're reading, what we're seeing, and uh, know that we are talking about a true biblical Jesus. And so far, I am not really convinced that He Gets Us is a true biblical campaign. It says, these questions are at the beating heart of He Gets Us. We hope to remind everyone, including ourselves, that Jesus' teachings are a warm embrace, not a cold shoulder. Let me ask you, what about the time Jesus came into the temple and began to flip tables and drive people out with whips? What, what about that time? Uh, what about those um, Egyptians that were swallowed, as mentioned, in the, in the Red Sea? Um, was that a cold shoulder or was that some judgment? I believe so. Let's continue. That he didn't let pro this or anti that opinions prohibit him from seeing the value in all people. He gets us, invites us to explore Jesus' story on your own terms and at your own pace. Our message isn't from a particular church, nor is it affiliated with any one denomination. Our campaign compromises humble perspectives from a diverse group of Jesus fans and followers with a variety of faith journeys and lived experiences bound by a common desire to rediscover and share the compelling story of Jesus' life in a new way. This sounds like a bunch of people who have deconstructed their quote-unquote faith, and they are now reconstructing from the angle of all roads lead to heaven. Everyone is going to be saved. All different religious backgrounds and diversities and journeys, and people who are fans of Jesus, those who are followers of Jesus, it's a compelling story to experience Jesus in a new way. And there is no new way. There is nothing new under the sun, Solomon says. But this is, so far, just a 
fair-haired Jesus made in our own image. This article goes on to say, we will make mistakes. Like anyone with a public message or who sets us sets out to share an idea, we won't always get it right. Expect us to be human. The campaign exists to remind us of an example that Jesus set while inviting all to explore his teachings so we can all follow his example of confounding unconditional love because he gets us, all of us. So just in this reading, I believe that this group is making Jesus into their own image. But there's some frequently asked questions down here. Uh, what is your stance on the LGBTQ LGBTQ plus? There's so many letters now, I can't even say it. Community. And here's what they say. These are probably the most common questions we receive, and we understand why. Many of those who represent Jesus have made people in the LGBTQ plus community feel judged and excluded. There it is. That biblical Christians, this is what they should say, have made people in this community feel judged. And maybe have those people may have been hateful to the LGBTQ plus community. That's what it should say, because that's how it reads. And others in Jesus' community have simply ignored their stories and lived experiences. Well, they're not true biblical stories. They are sinful stories that should be ignored, and they should be called to repentance and faith. So let us be clear. It goes on in our opinion. Jesus loves gay people, and Jesus loves trans people. You in all caps, are invited to explore the story of Jesus and consider what it means for your life. So there are a lot of problems in that statement. Uh, so let us be clear in our opinion. Jesus loves gay people and Jesus loves trans people. Listen, we believe, I believe, I teach that God chooses those whom will be saved before the foundations of the world. Now, this is a whole other topic. If you don't believe that, that's fine. But I could show you through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation why I believe that. It would be backed up with scripture. And I would also show you that when God calls someone to salvation who may be gay or trans, they do not and cannot stay that way because homosexuality, transgenderism, and any of those things is appalling. It is a stench in the nostrils of God, and it is sin. And you do not stay that way. But the He Gets Us agenda would want you to stay that way. The He Gets Us Jesus is a progressive Jesus who is no Jesus at all. As a matter of fact, as the West has taken Jesus into uh, and made him this light-skinned, long-flowing hair, blue-eyed Jesus, and we have condemned the way that we've created a Jesus in our own image as a, as a weak person, a weak man, this goes even further to say that, that that's the same Jesus, just a weak man that loves everybody and cares for everybody and would never flip tables and would never judge sin. He would never hate anyone. Well, Jesus is also God, and that's why he was killed, because he said things to people and they hated him for it. Right? They said that they said things to God, to Jesus. Because they hated him because of what they said, because of what he said, rather. He said, I'm the son of God. They said, no, you're not. You're a blasphemer. We hate what you're saying. Jesus says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people said, no, we don't. I'm out. You're, that's stupid. I hate this. I'm gone. So Jesus didn't come to preach peace. Matter of fact, he even says in the Gospels that he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. He came to bring division. 
mother will be against daughter, daughter will be against mother, father against son, son against mother-in-law against son-in-law. Everybody will be divided over the gospel. This is not a gospel that everyone sits around the campfire singing kumbaya. What it is, is a gospel that separates, separates from the wheat from the tares, the sheep from the goats, the saved from the unsaved. This Jesus that he gets us represents is not the Jesus of the Bible. Now, let's watch this episode or this 60 second ad that was shown in the Super Bowl. And uh, we're going to watch this together. And then we'll come back and look at some things because there's some very key points that we need to show and, and point out during this ad. So here it is, um, the He Gets Us foot washing ad. And again, foot washing is something that did happen. As a matter of fact, as I open my Bible, it uh, is Jesus that is washing the feet of the disciples. So Jesus washes the feet of his disciples and only his disciples in John chapter 13. Let me just read this to you so we can have some context surrounding what this is talking about. In John chapter 13, beginning in verse 5, the Bible says this, Then he, being Jesus, poured water into the basin and began to wash the the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I do not speak of all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but it is that... The scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats my bread has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I'm telling you before it comes to pass, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Now, that passage of scripture is very, very telling, but you have to listen to what it says. Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. And he says in verse 18 of chapter 13 of John, I do not speak of all of you. I know the ones I have chosen. You see, there were 11 chosen disciples who are in heaven today, but there's one who is Judas who has betrayed him and he knew it. So Jesus says, I am, you have been chosen by God. I'm going to wash your feet. Now you go serve others. This doesn't reflect what, or or this Ad does not reflect John 13. This reflects a distorted and opposite view of John chapter 13, verses 5 through 20. This ad, as you'll see, 
would say, you go wash all the Judas's feet and no other. And I, I'll explain it to you as we watch. But let's just watch this really quickly. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I I was standing, you were there, two worlds colliding, and they could never tear us All right, uh, so there's that, and um, I'm going to take it back through it. I hope you're able to watch it. So now I'm going to just take it back through. Find your every year a, tax partner and, uh, with an average of ten years experience. Ads, I guess, because I can't get it to stop. Um, uh, we're going to play back through this for those of you that were not watching, but were just listening. So this this ad starts out with a son who is likely been rebellious because he's sitting in the dining room of his family and they look well put together. The the father's got gray hair, glasses, wearing a cardigan, slacks, mother and looks like his sister is uh they're dressed very nicely and there's a meal here. Son's got dyed blonde hair. He's uh, got a yellow T-shirt on with blue jeans. Looks like he they re- re- may be thinking that he is the rebellious son who has now come back to simply wash the feet of the parents who have likely maybe turned their back on him, if, if that's probably what they're trying to say here. But um, whatever. Uh, so we have this. He's This young, young son is washing his father's feet. And that seems to be the, the issue here. But here's one where a police officer and a black guy are in an alley. And, you know, over the past few years, there's been a lot of talk about um, criminals and uh, defunding the police and all of these types of things. And we're in this uh, alley. The, the police officer's police car is down the alley, so it looks like he's chased him or caught up with him in this alley and just simply began to wash his feet with a bottle of water. So instead of arresting him and doing whatever needs to be done, he simply serving him and bowing to him is the way this looks. He's on both knees, bowing his feet or bowing his knees and washing the criminal's feet. So this would, would line right up with the liberal defund the police movement that has been happening over the past few years. And uh, it's simply a, a representation here in this ad, in my opinion, I could be wrong. And then here you have a, a school where there's one girl on the right washing the feet of another girl. One, the girl on the right looks like she may be uh, in the popular crowd, maybe a cheerleader, something like that. The other girl has red spiky hair and just dressed differently and sitting on, sitting on a skateboard and uh, complete opposites of one another. So, it, it, and, and when you think about the history of just uh, the world, it seems like that these, that 
ride skateboards and and things have seemingly been the outcast of society. But I think that's a narrative that is pushed often uh, because I have several friends who skateboard and I'm the furthest thing from riding a skateboard. I don't, I can't. And uh, I love those guys and, and uh, that ride their skateboards and I don't see them as any less of human beings. So I think this is just another narrative being pushed by media to make us uh, really hate each other. But what he gets us trying to do is bring us closer together and just like the cop is, 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 has authority. This picture is really trying to say that, Hey, you're, you, you, you think you're all that in a bag of chips. You should bow down and wash my feet, which really that's, again, I think that's a narrative that's being pushed. Is that kind of stuff out there? Absolutely. The Bible teaches about pride and haughtiness and uh, we should not uh, be given over to those things. And we should come together as one people and and as human beings and that's it's a good humanitarian thing to say but i don't think we should be doing humanitarian things in the name of the gospel or in the name of christ but this is what we're doing here so let's keep going what we have of course here if you're watching this is the cowboys and indians you know the historic a relationship between cowboys and indians the cowboy is washing the indians feet here Again, almost to say, I'm sorry, I'm bowing down to you, and I'm going to wash your feet. Um, but you know Don't that relationship. This is the one that really frustrates me. This is outside of a family planning clinic. Uh, you might say Planned Parenthood. So this is a woman who left her group on the side over here, and they're holding signs this one says save the unborn. They're, they're, they're trying to be on sidewalks to plead for the unborn. I know many brothers and sisters who do this. I've done it myself, pleading with people, preaching the gospel, loving people enough to try to get them not to kill their babies. But it shows this one woman has left her group and is washing the feet of this young mother. Now get it. They want to paint us as abolitionists and people who care about the unborn lives who are against abortion. They want to paint us in a, uh, a dark picture here, but these people, the ones that I know and have seen and been around, these people care about these young mothers that are going into these clinics to murder their babies. That's why they're there. There have been many babies saved across the country by people that I know that the, because they've stood out there on sidewalks and cared for people, but it seems like that they're painting those type people in a bad light here and that we should just bow down and, and wash the feet of these mothers who are planning to co to go in and murder their baby. And that sim simply should not be. We should be calling them to repentance. But I'll get there here in just a few minutes. Let's keep going. This is one that frustrated me. And here's one. Instead of helping this woman in her addiction, she's washing her feet. You can clearly tell there's alcohol bottles all around this kitchen. And... uh it is a, a beautiful picture of how we need to be in each other's lives. I will give you that. Uh, but it almost seems like uh, this person is enabling the alcoholic by simply washing her feet. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cool picture of how we need to be there for one another. And, uh, but again, where's the gospel? That's what this lady needs is heavy doses of the gospel of feet washing. Um, that one that just passed is, and it went very quickly. Um, this is somebody who is mining and fracking and, and gas. I'm sure, um, 
doing those things. And there's a, a, a protester who says clean air now is her. Uh, she's got some things here. And this worker is washing her feet. But the next one is interesting. So you remember the all the immigrants that came across uh, from Mexico and different places and they loaded them up on buses and they sent them to different big cities, democratic cities to be exact. And even democratic cities were turning them away saying there's no room for them here. Here's a picture of a bus that landed in Chicago with a bunch of immigrants that have gotten off of it. Here's a woman from the neighborhood in her nice clothes bowed down washing this woman's feet who's holding a baby as if to say that uh, all Christians have used this immigration to say they hate immigrants. And that's not true. Uh, We do think that there should be laws that to get people here legally and be held to that standard and not just come across as they please. And then just not dropped off and expected uh, people to, to pay for them and people that are already struggling, having to pay for other folks. There's just a, there's just a dynamic at play here that I believe biblical Christians would want to do things the right way, the legal way. And this is a picture to say, hey, we should all welcome them in our communities and in our and in our uh, um, neighborhoods and things like that. We should go bow down and wash their feet and take care of them. Uh, you know, uh, there's some debate to be had there, but I do think we can take care of them when they come across legally instead of f- driving them in in droves and just dropping them off. But you can see now how this is getting political. This is more of a political slap, and uh, this is a liberal theological ad, if I could say that, that, that is really unfolding here. We'll try to go through this quicker. Uh, here's another uh, minority in a neighborhood of some white folks. The white folks are washing their feet, uh, protesting here. Black man, white man, they're, they both have their one foot in a foot bath. And uh, that's that's weird. Uh, I guess neither one of them is going to wash their feet. And then this one. Now, I don't want to judge, but the person who created this ad clearly wanted to make it look like this is a either a a gay gentleman or a trans. Uh, You can just tell. Um, Don't fight me over it. I just think that is the depiction. I think that's what it's supposed to be. This is a gay person, and this is a priest. Uh, You can see his clerical collar, got his cross necklace on and all black, and he's washing this gay-slash-trans person's feet. (laughs) And uh, the feet are going to be clean, I can tell you that. Um, I want to say something about this here in just a few minutes, but let's just get through this again. Uh, And then it goes, this is Jesus. He washed feet. He gets us. All of us. He gets us.com backslash love your neighbor. Now, that is the commercial that's made the rounds during the Super Bowl. And uh, I can tell you what is it is a political leaning liberal theological ad. It's a progressive Christian ad. It is not the real Jesus. The real Jesus would be concerned about their souls rather than their feet. Jesus washed the chosen one's feet and said, go do the same. Go serve. Go serve others as I have served you. That doesn't mean what this ad is is, is coming across as is this ad is saying because Jesus gets us, loves us, serves us, 
Now, we go condone people in their sin. We don't go call them to repentance because calling people to repentance, in their view, is hateful. It is used as a scare tactic, as if when we say God will send those who are condemned to hell, that that is a scare tactic that Christians, biblical Christians, use. And they're saying enough of that. We've had enough hate. We've had enough of that. No more. Right. Uh, God would call the LGBTQ person to repentance and faith. Jesus would call them to repentance and faith. He told the woman who uh, at the well who has had multiple husbands, he said, you don't even have a the guy you're with now is not even your husband. Go and sin no more. She was made well. He didn't say, I get it. I get you. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm there. Let me wash your feet. He didn't do that. He called her. He called her out and she went back and said, come, let me tell you about a man who knows everything about me. And many people believed because of her testimony about who Christ is. So uh, this is this is a group who cares about people's feet being clean rather than their souls being cleaned. And more people's souls need to be clean and not their feet. Yes, Christians need to serve others but not condone sin. Christians need to call sin out and call people to repentance and faith because people who are living a life of sin who do not know Christ are condemned already. Everybody loves John 3.16. Everybody loves it. You can probably quote it right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Well, let's go to verse 17. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Well, that sounds good, but let's keep going. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than their lights, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. You see, here's the thing. When we come into this world, we come in as sinners. We are already condemned. Jesus doesn't condemn the world. He comes to save us out of that condemnation. But those who do not repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore, are still condemned and must be told to repent and believe. Repent and believe. That is the message that should go forth to a people who do not truly know God. Not messages that say he gets us, but messages that says he will save you or he saves us. He will take you from this brokenness and make all things new. He will take you out of this bondage and set your feet on solid rock. He died for you. He was buried for you. He rose again. He ascended and is at the right hand of God interceding for those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But that is not the message that we all get. We get the left-leaning liberal Jesus who is no Jesus at all. And that is a crying shame because many people are going to feel okay in their sin and think Christians should then bow down to them, worship them, accept their sin, and not do anything about it. This is the reality that we live in. This is millions and millions of dollars that were spent on a 60-second ad to promote a false Jesus that will send many people to hell, which is why we must, biblical Christians, sound the alarm. There was... Someone, I don't know who, uh, released a 60-second video a few days after the Super Bowl, and um, it is, they say it's the one that should have been shown. So I would like to um, go through this one as well and let you see this one. This one's called He Saves Us, and uh, 
it it, it, it really is. It, it, it's one that that should have been showed compared to what was shown on Super Bowl Sunday. So let's watch this one. Uh, same music, same thing, but different words. It says former witch. Dawkins, former right-hand man. Don't ask. I tell you what, let's do the same. Uh, let, let's just watch it first, then I'll quickly go through it. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you I love your precious heart. I, I was standing, you were there, two worlds colliding, and they could never tear us apart. That is the ad that is said that should have been played during the Super Bowl this year. So let's uh, let's go back through this really quickly because those that aren't watching, I really want them to to see and hear what all, what all is going on. Recording. See, uh, but I want you to hear what's going on in this ad and who these people are that it's representing. So just like in the in the beginning. The first ad we walked through and saw kind of you heard all the layout of the the pictures and, and what they were doing there. This this opens up. It says former witch. And this is of course Kat Von D. There is some um, a debate on her uh whether she is a true Christian or not. I'm not going to engage in that debate because only God knows the heart. And I'm not going to say whether she is or isn't. The one thing I will say, everything I've heard is that the Lord is working in her heart and in her life bringing her to himself or has already brought her brought her to himself and she is just a babe a baby christian figuring it all out and learning and being sanctified so that's all i'm going to say uh, but either either way god knows the heart whether she's saved or not but if she is saved she's a former witch now she has given herself over to the things of god apparently according to her baptism video and her podcast interview she's been on as of late and then it says Dawkins right-hand man you know Dawkins is a is a devout atheist and this young man was his right-hand man uh, but is no longer don't ask me says what you know is true KKK member former drug addict and I'm stopping it here because this is Jeff Durbin many of you may know Jeff Durbin uh, ironically, is one who stands outside of abortion mills and Planned Parenthoods and loves people and loves young ladies and uh, enough to call them to repentance and, and beg and plead with them not to murder their babies. Uh, Jeff Durbin, whether you love him, hate him, like him a little bit or don't like him at all, uh, is a true believer, it seems. His fruit, would the Bible does tell us to judge the fruit, and uh, there is a lot of fruit there. Uh, there is some uh, some things that would lead us to believe he is. Uh, but again, we can't be certain 100%, but it, w- it would seem to be that Jeff Durbin is a true believer, and just like the rest of these folks are, um, who they used to be and who they are now. 
former gang leader, former drag queen and prostitute, former abortionist, which means this man used to perform abortions, but he no longer does because he's been transformed. He's been saved. You were there. Former transgender. Two worlds former porn star. And they could never. And then a former new age guru. And then here's where it really gets One more former lesbian activist. So she was once a LGBTQ plus. She was in that group. But that word former would suggest that she is no longer. And this says Jesus doesn't just get us. He saves us. We can live. He transforms, cleanses, restores, gives, heals, loves. That's for some of you. He saves us. That is the ad that many people are saying should have been shown. And I don't think it costs near what the, he gets us ad cost to put on Super Bowl commercials. So let me just say this about the, he gets us is I believe again, progressive Christian leaning, if not full on progressive Christian, it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, it is not a message that Jesus would deliver. Remember Jesus washed Judas's feet but then sent him to hell. And you may argue with me, well, the Bible doesn't say he went to hell. It does clearly say, even in John 13, but in other passages, it says, woe to him. There is judgment there on Judas. It is uh, the reason he burst headlong, and he was a condemned man and went to hell. And you may say, well, the King James Version says he repented. Yeah, the King James Version says he repented inward, not outward. He felt remorse for what he had done. He was not truly repentant before God. So uh, Judas went to hell after his feet being washed. Jesus disrupted the temple and flipped tables. And when I say disrupted the temple, he, he, he disrupted a money-making scheme, a, scheme, a profit-making scheme. The people were there in the temple. He was mad. He was angry. He didn't get them. He didn't get those folks that were trying to earn a profit due to his name. And sadly, that's that's a lot of what's happening here with He Gets Us. People are trying to uh, really earn this recognition, and I'm sure there is some sort of, although a nonprofit, I'm sure there is some sort of money being made for folks that are doing this, all in the name of Christ, but it is not the biblical Jesus they're promoting. Uh, again, what about, what about God when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, when he destroyed um, the, 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 the Egyptians, uh, there's so much that we can look in the Bible and say, did he get them then or did he judge sin? And let me just be clear with you. He gets us is not a biblical representation of anything Jesus and should be marked and avoided. So I will say this, that Jesus came to this earth in the form of a baby. He grew to be a young boy, young man, and eventually a man. He never sinned. He was the God-man, and he was arrested, beaten, and killed for claiming to be the Son of God. The Jesus that we know of the Bible was the true Son of God who was killed, and he was buried. And then three days later, God called him out of the grave. By the power of God, Jesus resurrected. And Jesus stayed around. Some people saw him. Some people interacted with him. They got. They knew that it was the risen Christ, the risen Savior. 
And then he ascended back to the right hand of God where he was exalted and he intercedes on behalf of his today. So the Bible says to repent and believe the good news. Jesus himself says that in Mark 115. So the, the Jesus of the Bible does not condone criminal activity. He does not condone racism. He does not condone homosexuality, transgenderism. He does not condone breaking the law. Uh, the Jesus of the Bible does not want your feet clean. He wants your soul cleaned. And he died for your soul to be cleaned, not for your feet to be cleaned and to condone the sins of the world. And you must realize that the God of the Bible sent his only son, Jesus, to save those whom he's chosen. And to be saved, you must repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that he came, he was perfect, he was sinless, and he died the death that you and I deserved. He was buried, and then three days later, he rose again. And all that repent, turn from their sin, change the way of thinking, change their thinking, and place their faith in Christ alone will be saved. And when you're saved, you're changed. And you can recognize things like this as not being biblical. The Bible says that we should test the spirits, be like Bereans uh, that test everything against the word of God. And we should do that. He gets us, falls well short. Yes, there's feet washing in the Bible, but this is not what the feet washing represents. We read that. You can go back and read it yourself. John chapter 13, 5 through 20. And you will see that that Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. So be careful with what you look at, what you listen to, what you take in, and know before you go all in with it that you are going all in with a true Jesus, the biblical Jesus, and not just some fake made up uh, pie in the sky, made in my image Jesus, because that's exactly what he gets us is. It's a made in my image Jesus that makes me feel better about myself, makes me feel better about my sin, and woe to anybody that doesn't accept me and my sin. That's the opposite of the gospel. That's the opposite of Christianity. And he gets us, must be marked and avoided. I hope this has been helpful. If you have any questions concerning he gets us, I would love to answer those for you. Just feel free to drop those in the comments, or you can send an email to doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. That's Doctrine Matters Podcast, all one word, no spaces, all lowercase, Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com. I'll, I'll love to answer your questions. And uh, some of you may disagree with me about my assessment of He Gets Us, and that's okay too. Uh, we can have healthy disagreements in the comments, uh, but we're all going to do things for the glory of God alone. And uh, I just encourage you test the spirits, read your Bibles, and give God glory in all that you do. Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.